I'm Alicia Caldwell, the mental fitness coach and the host of the Me, Myself, and Her podcast. Welcome back to part two on self-care during times of grief. I was not planning on doing a part two, and I'm not doing anything theatrical. There's no intro music. There's no outro music. There is just a real conversation between you and I about self-care during times of grief. I was not planning on doing a part two, but this morning during my my time of prayer, and most people know, if you've been following me for any period of time, you know I'm a woman of faith. I don't broadcast that, but I, I live my life in such a way that most people can guess uh, through their engagements with me and how I speak and how I move in the world that I am a woman of faith and I'm not ashamed of that. I just don't. I just don't feel the need to broadcast that on every single channel and every single space that I occupy, um, but I do live it out. Um, I do show that through my work, through my conversations, through my speaking, and just through my love and care for people. So during my time of prayer this morning, as I was praying just for my family and praying for those who are grieving and praying that my part one was all that it needed to be for people. Because if you listen to part one, it's it's very um, methodical and educational. It's It's kind of paced out in a very slow and soothing way because I was talking to my husband about it. And I said to him, I said, I wonder if this is too slow because uh, some people may get bored with that conversation. And as I was talking that through with him, I said, no, when people are going through grief, they don't need things to be fast. When I've worked with clients through their grieving process, most of the time they can barely put um, a succinct series of thoughts together because their minds were so tangled up in the grief and in the pain. And I said, no, grieving individuals, they need you to take their, they need you to take your time and lay things out to them calmly, slowly, and it needs to be dripping with kindness, compassion, and patience. And that's exactly what I did. So I, I just let that breathe and just let it be what it was going to be. But this morning, God said, do a part two. And I'm like, but God, I wasn't planning on doing a part two. I did I did part one in honor of my best friend. And I do believe that it was um, informational. I do believe that it, it gave people what they needed. And God reminded me that it's not about me. <laughs> it's about what someone else needs. There's someone else that they already knew the part one information, but they needed a part two inspiration. And I'm gonna tell you what, it took me a few tries to get this part two going because I was emotional. Um, Because God is, God for me is real. And although I've been through my, my own mental and emotional pain, especially over the past year and a half. And God and I, uh, we were beefing. I'm not gonna lie. I'm like, I had some really 
rough conversations with God. But what I do know is that for me and in my life and through how God has worked um, within my family, within my marriage, within the work that I do, God is real. But that doesn't mean that I, I don't have some some really uh, harsh conversations with God sometimes about why why is this happening? Why did it it roll out like this? God, I need I need to know if our relationship is going to stay tight. I really need some answers, and I and I believe that God doesn't mind our questions. And you, in your grief, you might have some questions. You might be beefing with God. You might be like, God, what's up? I've been praying. I've been living right. I've been going to church. I've been helping people. I've been doing this, this, and this. So why is this experience rolling out like this for me? What's up with that? Those are the conversations I was having with God. And truth be told, I was growing distant just in the spirit. I said, God, I'm going to just carry this weight on my own. I'm going to figure it out on my own because apparently you must not be there for me. You must not be there for us because if you were, this wouldn't have happened. So I stepped away from God, but I'm so grateful that God didn't step away from me. I'm so grateful that even though I was angry, I was upset, I was questioning, I was I was in this place of mental and emotional disruption even through all of that, God was still there. And how I know this to be true is because the healing power was all around me. Even though I wasn't taking good care of myself, I wasn't practicing what I preach because I wasn't in a, I wasn't in a mental and emotional space to do so. But through prayer, I was preserved. I was beefing with God, but I was still praying because that that's what I know. And that's what I do. It was almost like muscle memory. When you're going through times of trouble, you pray. Even though I was saying to myself, like, I don't even know if God is really there like that because I'm going through this difficult time and I'm, I'm kind of in this place where I'm blaming God. But the muscle memory it had me praying on the way to the hospital. It had me praying as I'm getting out the car, praying as I'm going up the escalator, praying as I'm going through the hallway, praying as I'm going into the room, praying as the doctors are coming in, praying while the doctors are talking, praying, 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 praying over the situation, over the crisis, over the pain, over the diagnosis, I was praying, even though it was muscle memory, it was helping. It was healing. It was a meditation for my soul, for my mind and for my body, because I was able to sustain, even though my body, my soul, my spirit were weary, I still prayed. How many of you know if you have muscle memory where you're like working out, like that's it's just kind of robotic, that's what you do. You just get up every day and you go to the gym, even when you don't want to do it, that you still get results. You don't like doing it, 
You may not even believe that it's going to work, but you still get up every day and you go to the gym. You're still going to get results because you're doing the thing. That's how prayer was working for me. I was like not connected for myself. God was still connected to me. I wasn't connected to God like that. But because of the muscle memory of prayer and I was still doing it, even though my faith about it was shaky, I was still getting the results. Thank God for that. I'm here today doing a part two because I forgot to mention in the top three, I should have had a top four and prayer should have been first because how dare I tell you to make sure that you're getting enough rest, make sure that you are nourishing your body, make sure that you're leaning into your support system and not mention the thing that helped me the most during my time of despair, which was prayer. So here's my part two. I don't know if you're a person of faith, but prayer was like meditation for my soul. I would just go into this space where I would just cry out to God every need, every hurt, every pain, every question And it was like a meditation, a spoken meditation for my soul and it helped to sustain me. I don't know if it will work for you in the same way, but if I'm mentioning all the other techniques, why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I mention prayer? So it's something that I want you to know and maybe even add to your list. Prayer. Faith. Whatever your your spiritual ritual of wellness is, lean into that because there will be times where no one else is around. There will be times where no one else understands, or at least you may think so, and you can go into a prayerful meditation and get the recharge that you need to sustain yourself through this difficult time. How dare I not mention the thing that I believed helped me the most. I'm so glad you showed up to listen today. And I'm so glad that I was obedient in recording a part two, even though I wasn't planning to do it. So in addition to leaning into prayer, if that's something that that's in alignment with who you are, and what you do. And even if it's not, you may consider another spiritual practice that can renew and restore you as you're going through your grief process. I really hope all of this makes sense because I I didn't have an outline. (laughs) I just showed up, put these headphones on, and I said, let me, let me record whatever the spirit says I need to record today. And it was really just about being obedient. How many of you know that what we want to do is not necessarily in alignment with what needs to be done? What I wanted to do was do some other work-related tasks today, but what God needed me to do and what someone needed to hear was this message. This message about prayer as a form of self-care during times of grief. And if prayer is not in alignment with, with who you are, that's okay. Find another spiritual ritual of wellness if that's a better fit. Or 
you can decide to do something different altogether because what I don't do is force people into anything. I give options, not advice. It's up to you because you're the expert on your life. You're the expert on your pain. You know your pain points. You know what you're struggling with the most right now. I don't. But I want people to have options. So when one thing doesn't work, you can go to another. When that thing doesn't work, after you've been trying it consistently for a period of time, of course. When it doesn't work, I want you to be confident in knowing that you have options. You have resources. You have access to things that can help you on your journey. And I want to leave you with one last thing since I'm being obedient and all. (laughs) And this one last thing is stop rushing people through their pain. Stop rushing yourself through your pain. Yes, it's important to heal, but grief is a process and healing is a process. Listen, it took me a year and a half a year and a half to heal from the mental and emotional turmoil that I was experiencing. And I was trying to rush myself through it. I'm like, okay, it's been, it's been three months. It's been six months. I should, I was shooting all over myself. I should be in this place by this time. And I'm, I'm glad. I'm so grateful that there's a therapist for the therapist. And my therapist said, Your accomplishments, what you're able to get back to doing is not the mile marker for your healing. It's how you're feeling on the inside. Because I I can manage through pain. I can still show up to work and help people and go through the motion. Is that muscle memory. It's what I've been doing for 18 years, but that doesn't mean that I'm healed. Getting back to my podcast had nothing to do with the mile marker of my healing process. And my therapist shared that with me because I said, okay, when I'm able to get back to my podcast, to writing again, to doing these things at the level that I was doing them before. And she said, well, why is that the mile marker? Because you could technically do that now if you willed yourself to do it. I want you to focus on how you're feeling on the inside. I want you to focus on when you talk about that painful experience. How has it changed over time? Let that be the mile marker instead of how you perform on the outside. Somebody needed to hear that. I wasn't even planning on saying that, but somebody needed to hear that. These performative mile markers, that's not it. How are you doing on the inside? Because as women, as black women specifically, we have been groomed over the years to show up in all the shapes and forms that we're in. We showing up. We're going to be there. We said we would do it. We're going to do it no matter how we're feeling on the inside. We are looking the part. But on the inside, we're falling apart. I say that all the time. You're successful on the outside, but you're a mess on the inside. Let how you're doing internally, let that be the mile marker on your journey through the healing and the grief process. So stop rushing people through their pain. Stop rushing yourself through your pain because pain has a purpose. Thank God for pain. If we didn't have pain, we wouldn't know something was wrong. 
Pain is the body's response to a mental or a physical wound that needs our attention, that needs to be healed. Thank God for pain. Pain alerts us to the fact that we have been harmed in some way. We need to feel the pain. Pain and the lessening thereof lets us know that healing is taking place. Pain has a purpose. It lets us know what needs our attention, what body part, what mental part, what emotional part, what relational part, what spiritual part needs your attention, needs healing. And let us please not heal in isolation. Let us all please know that healing, although it's not pretty, it's necessary. And a lot of the times we are trying to heal in isolation. We are trying to heal alone. And there are times where we can do that and do it successfully. But the greater the pain, the greater the support we may need. We may need a specialist to come in and help us to sort out and heal through the pain. And that is okay. I hope this was helpful to somebody. I don't want any of us to, to live in a chronic state of pain and the grief process can feel that way. It may linger for way longer than you'd like it to. But like I said, stop rushing yourself through the pain. Stop rushing other people through the pain. I know it's not convenient. I know it may not be comfortable to be around grieving individuals, but how do you think they feel? You're witnessing it. They're going through it. Who do you think is more uncomfortable? So if you're supporting others who are going through the grieving process, please be patient. And if you can't be patient and compassionate, then connect them with someone else because that's what they need. They don't need judgment and they don't need to be rushed through their pain and their grieving process. And I say the exact same thing if you're the person going through it. Please be patient, be compassionate toward yourself. And if you're having a hard time doing that for you, get connected to someone who can help you through. There's grief support groups. There's grief and loss counseling specialists. There's pastors who have a specialization in that particular area. But whatever you do, please don't struggle in isolation. That doesn't mean that times of silence and solitude won't be helpful because I know that's helpful for me. I need that kind of, I need that open space to just process um, with myself, by myself. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about making sure that when you need it, you're connected to other people. You have a life support system. You have at least three people on your list. And if all you got is one, that's okay too. But if you could write down three people that you can call, that you can text, three people that will check on you because they know that you're going through, that is priceless. So write down your three people that you'll just call on the phone, not because you want to talk about your grief, your loss, and your experience. You just might need a good friend to take your mind off of things so you can just laugh and get your mind outside of the bubble of your grief. That's what friends are for. That's what support systems are for. 
have a spirit of discernment, no matter what side of grief you're on. If you're going through it, know what you need. If you are supporting someone who is within that process, know what they need. They may not want to talk about the grief and the loss. They may want to talk about something they watched on Netflix. They may want to talk about their relationship or parenting the kids or what they're doing at work. So just have a spirit of discernment. If that's what you want to talk about and you're going through the grief and loss process, then find someone that's okay with holding space with you during those conversations. And if you don't want to talk about it, then communicate that. Let people know, like, I really don't want to talk about that right now. I want to talk about other things because it it gets my mind off of it and it boosts my spirit when I can just... Talk about the other things that are going on in my life. And you can always ask the person, do you want to talk about it? And if they say no, there it is. You don't even have to guess. Because what you don't want to do is leave someone in isolation because you don't know what to do. That you're uncomfortable. And you're like, I don't know what to do or what to say. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Just ask them, do you want to talk about it? Or do you want to talk about something else? And they will let you know. Look, I am talked way longer than I expected, but I, I pray that this message is helpful. I'm going to go back and listen to it. I don't even know what all I said, <laughs> but what I'm not going to do is a whole lot of edits. So it is what it is. Um, I'm going to post this and I'm going to prayerfully hope that the people that need to hear it, they will find it. Can I just pray us out? I don't normally do that on my podcasts, but I'm being obedient today. I just want to pray us out. This is not a normal podcast episode. This is a divine one. Dear God, I pray that every individual that needed this message today, tomorrow, next month, next year, they will come across this podcast episode and they will find help, hope, and a sense of healing. Lord, I just pray for the mind, the body, the spirit of every person that has been touched by grief. I pray for a supernatural strength, peace, and resilience for each and every individual that is experiencing the mental and emotional pain of losing someone that they love. Steady their mind, Lord. Steady their spirit. Let them know that they are not alone. They may feel lonely, lost, and unsure, but they are not alone. Give them a sense of who they need to reach out to. Give them a sense of the next best thing that they need to do. Order their steps each and every day so that they can get up, show up, and continue to move forward even though the pain is great. Let them know that you are greater, that there is no problem that you can't solve, that there is no pain that you can't heal, that there is no wound that is out of reach for your supernatural healing powers. Let this message reach anyone who needs it. 
Amen. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you found value in this out of the ordinary conversation. Keep in mind that the information shared is not a replacement for your personal relationship with a licensed mental health professional, a pastor, or a medical provider. If you're in need of counseling support, go back and listen to episode 51. And at the end of that episode, I share resources for how to get connected to a mental health professional. And I also list that information in the summary of that podcast. And until next time, remember that self-care is not a luxury. It's a necessity. And when you are better, everything that you touch, every space that you occupy will reap the benefits. Take care.